0: The hit, the powder's lit. It's time to get on target. Welcome to another edition of the Black Powder Podcast. There's so many varieties of topics to talk about, ranging from the Kroger shooting that happened in Tennessee, what's gone on in Afghanistan with the weapons that have been confiscated by Al-Qaeda, and a topic that I've recently thought of, uh, relationship retaliation. There's so many different things that I want to talk about. even the mistakes I made whenever I first got involved in the Second Amendment community. Uh, not necessarily in the beginning, because my first purchase was a shotgun, so I obviously I couldn't carry that around <laughs> back and forth. But a little bit after that, as I started to get deeper into my journey. But nonetheless, we'll probably get into that a little bit later on. I especially would like to talk about how I went about purchasing my first firearms. I know that's very crucial, especially whenever it comes to other people and their decisions as far as purchasing a rifle, a shotgun, or a handgun. It's very crucial that you're comfortable with what you purchase, but as I stated, that'll be a little bit later on down the road. And I do have a couple of guests in the future that I would like to interview on multiple different topics involving the Black Society and the Second Amendment right to bear arms community. Nonetheless, though. This one is for those of you that do have firearms already. Let's just dive straight into it. Your car is not your holster. I've seen multiple news events about this. I've heard so many people having their firearms stolen. Average person probably just throws their firearm into their car and thinks that is gonna happen and they possibly leave the, the door unlocked or they don't really focus on what's going on. They go into a store or they go into a house, wherever they go, they leave their weapon out in the open, which is basically almost like the Publishers Clearinghouse event where you're giving away something for free. It's not money, but let's just say you got a couple of freedom seeds and a free, handgun rifle shotgun whatever I've I've actually heard of people going to the range and having someone follow them to like a gas station or an apartment or whatever and they would leave their weapons in the car and those people would come back and possibly find the car missing or they would find all their weapons stripped from uh, robbers who followed them and where they're going so It's very serious, it's very crucial. If you do have to leave your weapon in the car, I highly recommend locking them down, making it extremely difficult for somebody to take something from you. Uh, The numbers don't lie, because uh, as of 2020, the loss of firearms totaled 13,173. That includes burglaries, larceny, and just general loss. Somebody lost their firearm. One thing to consider, that a car and a car alone is not a great holster for any firearm. I don't care what it is. If you have to leave your car, at least consider possibly getting a biometric safe, a trunk safe, even a simple handgun safe, at least give the option to prevent theft. You can go to Harbor Freight and just like everybody else, you can even go to amazon.com in order a basic handgun safe. It might not be the best thing in the world, but at least it keeps your firearm from being stolen instantly. Myself, I'm not gonna lie. I purchased mine off of Amazon. It was at least 30, $40. It has all the bells and whistles, but it's not exactly the most premium bells and whistles, but still, nonetheless, I can type in code to get my uh, firearm out. I can use a key to get my firearm out. And there's also a, I think it's called a key fob that I can wave over the the safe and it will unlock the safe. Pros and cons of utilizing a cheap safe. Sometimes it doesn't always open. Uh, The key does work, but most recently I tried to use the key and the safe just would not lock back. I don't exactly know what that was about. At first, I thought it was the batteries, so I took the batteries out and put the batteries back in. Uh, Ultimately, I left the safe alone after a while, and if I had to think back on it now that I'm talking about it, I think it was just a method to keep someone from continuing to try and open the safe up just in case you have somebody trying to steal your firearm. It's a fail-safe system where, like, let's say you have three tries to try and put the correct passcode in in this case the correct code after the third try it locks out for maybe five minutes ten minutes whatever so in a sense that's kind of good but again it's cheap Uh, I do believe that's what the issue was but still I find it weird that it could lock out with the safe open don't know about that one biometric safes are another option those are a little bit more pricey but nonetheless they still do the job they basically allow you to put your fingerprint into a system. So anytime you have to access the gun, all you have to do is not just a finger. Well, actually, I was going to say thumb, but you can use your any finger. But mainly it's probably going to be your thumb. But basically, you press your thumb against the biometric scanner. It reads and recognizes the user and unlocks the safe. One of the safe, uh, I guess in a sense, one of the safest ones and the simplest ones out there. Uh, those do tend to get a little bit pricey. Uh, I know Colion Noir has his own, uh, his own brand. Oh, well, not really his own brand, but he kind of champions a certain type of biometric safe. And uh, he stands by it. So that justifies the price being more than a hundred dollars. Like I said, it boils down to what you're willing to spend but at least get something out there to prevent your firearm from being stolen. Pretty much leaving your firearm in the car is on the same level as leaving a child in the car. It's careless and there will be a loss of life from those idiotic actions. Now I know a child is different from a firearm, but at the end of the day, whether it's past, present, or future. If you leave a child in the car, we already know the consequences. And that's an idiotic thing to do. Again, there's been multiple situations, just like the firearms, where children have been left in a car and it's never ended well. It's varied from potential loss of life, to children being stolen, to children being taken out of the car and left on the ground as the vehicle was stolen every now and then you might have somebody steal the car and realize oh shit there's a kid in the car and they come back and somehow drop the child off at a fire station or a gas station whatever those are small anecdotal instances but nonetheless it is careless irresponsible and shouldn't be done i don't care if you got to go inside to get a big goal from 7-Eleven you don't leave your kids in the car that's the same type of energy that needs to be had whenever it comes to leaving your firearms in the car loss of life may also be instant because if somebody accesses your car and takes your firearm out you do not know what they have planned that is current in the future it could be different someone could take that same firearm utilize it in a murder a crime whatever that will eventually lead up to a loss of life as well. That's why I say it's the same energy. You have to be a responsible gun owner. If you have the money and the right to exercise your bare arms, you also are taken upon the right to respectfully carry that firearm and respectfully take care of it. But if you look at The statistics on, I think it was uh, gunviolencearchive.org. As of 2020, this just goes in the topic of deaths. You've had 999 children die from handguns. You've had teens, 4,142 of them die from handguns. And then you have the unintentional handgun deaths, which probably just blankets all of that equals 2315 on this topic of leaving your handgun in a car i might as well go ahead and segue into the fact that when it comes to home safety you also need to have the same energy you need to have a safe with a full functioning method to keep everyone out that goes for people who do not need access to the gun People who may come across your safe and wonder what's in the safe—I don't give a damn if it's your current girlfriend. It could be your cat. It could be your dog. You can have a damn draft in the house. They do not need access to your firearms unless you are both on the same page. You're both willing to agree that this is one of those in case this moments, or you're trying to make sure that your firearms are stored safely away from the family, and if need be whenever you're walking out and exercising your right to carry you can go ahead go into the fire go into the safe prep your firearms prep your edc walk out edc everyday carry walk out into the public as a couple because you both know what the deal is because you can both access the safe But still, and and I know this is I'm, I'm saying a lot, but this is a serious subject that most people need to consider. It's great to have your firearms cased off somewhere, but sometimes cloth cases aren't exactly the best way to store something. If I have a handgun and I have a handgun bag as a single person, okay, fine. Maybe that'll work well, especially if I put in the place where only I know it's at, but as a person who may have children or curious people in and out of my house it's not exactly the best thing to do if all i need to do is unzip one zipper that's not even locked by i don't know at the very least a tsa lock that's pandora's box waiting to open up you have to do your due diligence you have to use common sense if you don't have common sense this is something that you don't need to get into the device needs to lock and it needs to remain locked. The safe that's at my house fits that description. We do know that there's some people out there that just like to look at their collection. I'm not gonna lie. Every now and then I like to open a safe up and look in there and just see what's in there what I might be able to do in the future. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to tell you all the mistakes I made. Uh, purchasing certain firearms and doing certain things to them but that'll come a little bit later like i said oh that might be the next episode i don't know but nonetheless stays locked until i need to access something uh it also needs to be difficult for your family members to access we've all seen those those ads or those commercials or those television shows where you have a young child, possibly a toddler, they get curious or, you know, a child that might be 10 or 13. They watch a lot of action shows because their parents were like, yeah, it's okay. he's got to understand what it's about. Yeah. She won't do that. Nonetheless, they may see something that they've seen on TV and just like the television, they might have a friend over or something and say, Hey, you want to see something cool? Look at what my dad's got. And then they run around the room playing cops and robbers or whatever, whatever these kids are playing nowadays. I don't know. And lo and behold, the gun goes off. I don't know about other people, but when I store my firearms, I make sure that they are unloaded. The only time that I will actually have a firearm loaded is if potentially I go to sleep. The last thing I need to do is, you know, like Bill Burr said, run around the entire house trying to assemble a firearm in order to make sure that the burglar doesn't try and hurt anyone in this house. That's not exactly how it works. If I go to sleep and something goes down, I definitely need to make sure that I'm ready to respond as soon as something doesn't even feel right, sound right, whatever. As a matter of fact, I think it was last week and I know it's kind of against the castle doctrine. but. I wasn't by myself, and I was worried about the person I was with. Uh, Last week, I heard a noise, the person I was with, my girlfriend, I said, Hey, did you hear that? Is everything okay? And she said, I don't know what that was, and I said, I don't know what that was. So obviously, I grabbed my shotgun, and I cleared the rooms. I walked through the house to make sure everything was okay. I did it smart, because if you are bold enough to try and clear a room, The last thing you want to do is have your whole frame out there like okay I'm coming to get you I hope you're not in the house I've been waiting for you yeah you don't want to do anything like that it's not gonna end well and if you are the only one that can clear the house you don't need to be the last line of defense especially whenever somebody else is in the house because if you're gone nobody can protect them unless they're ready to face it nobody can protect them so you have to do things smart needs to be accessible only by those who are given access to the safe okay this is one that gets a little tricky whenever it comes to families uh as far as accessible if it's parents or if it's just the person who owns those firearms and they're living by themselves or if the parents have children you know these should be the primary people to access that safe. When it comes to kids, teenagers, honestly, I think it depends on the maturity level and the relationship that they have with parents. If I know that I have a troubled teen or if my teen seems like they are a little bit more, let's just say in a negative zone with their emotions, I, I highly recommend that you consider not allowing them access to the to the safe or whatever you have your firearms in another thing is if you have a violent teenager or like a violent child who's old enough to realize and utilize what a firearm is what the consequences are how to act around it like i said if they're violent that's just negative the last thing you want in your hands is An incident like I just mentioned above where the children are playing with the firearm. It goes off. Now, all of a sudden, at the very least, you might have a hole in the house. At the very most, you might not be able to explain what happens in the end. But regardless, I look at it like this. No relationship or teaching of gun safety or repercussions equals no gun or safe access. So if you happen to have a child who's interested, not just a child, child, teenager, whatever, because I do feel personally it is a good idea to familiarize a younger child with what the device is and what it can do and how there are certain things that the device can do that cannot be taken back. But regardless, if they have an interest in said firearm, but they do not have an interest in learning the intricacies of it, the safety of it, the overall potential for harm and the overall usage and when to use it, then they just do not need access to it. End of the day, the main thing that needs to be done as far as adhering to this lockdown protocol, keeping your arms out of reach of those who do not need access to it, it boils down to the responsibility of the person who is the primary owner of those firearms and it boils down to the respect of those firearms as well. Because firearms are, are basically like riding a horse. You think you have control over something that is unpredictable. Think about that. People think that let's say somebody who rides a horse for the first time thinks that they can go ahead and use the use their heel knock the horse and ribs a couple of times in order to get him to go fast. Eventually you keep messing around with that horse. You're going to fall flat on your ass. But in this case, we're talking about firearms. If you disrespect firearms, consequences will happen. So make sure that you lock it up, keep it locked down and keep it away from those who do not need it, be it in your car or in your house thanks for tuning in once again this is the black powder podcast special shout out to all my supporters Gear, straight shots llc so many other people out there bgoe black gun owners and education thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and thank you all my personal fans family friends thank you very much for tuning in it doesn't go unnoticed keep watching i plan on Staying on target. Until next time. Mag dump. It's over man, it's game over.